0: Welcome to episode one of The Bluff, The Bottom Line Up Front, presented by Real Clear Defense. I'm your host, Sam Foed. In this podcast, we ask a member of Congress seven questions that cut to the chase of what they're doing and why they're doing it. The Bottom Line Up Front. In this episode, we speak with Republican Congressman Mark Green of Tennessee. Congressman Green graduated from West Point. He served as an infantry officer in the U.S. Army. Later, he became an Army physician and served in Afghanistan and Iraq. Today, he chairs the Committee of Homeland Security and is a member of the Committee on Foreign Affairs. Congressman Green, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Congressman Green, what is your main priority as chair for the House Committee on Homeland Security during this current session? Well, our number one priority is to secure our southern border. I mean, we have lots of...
1: um, you know, national security threats that impact uh, our jurisdiction on the Committee of Homeland Security, but none is more urgent, uh, more emergent than our open southwest uh, border. And so that is, you know, getting a border security bill passed that would uh, compel the administration to do, to execute security on that, that southern border well uh, was our number one priority. Um, you know, within that, it means taking care of the technology, taking care of the infrastructure, and of course, taking care of the people. Uh, and there were several different initiatives that we moved forward in that in, in each of those three categories.
0: What is the one thing you're working on at the House Committee on Homeland Security that is not receiving enough media exposure in your opinion?
1: Uh, that's that's a great question. i I think uh, you know that we're currently, so we passed that border security bill, so we took uh, priority number one: We we built an incredibly uh, successful border security bill. Uh, many different actions that we took under those three categories I just mentioned, and we got that passed about well, I think it was probably six weeks ago. Now we're diving into holding uh, Secretary Mayorkas and uh, President Biden accountable for you know just what that open border has done to America, and I think. Yeah, the fact that twelve thousand Chinese nationals have come across our southern border. The the sector chiefs have told us uh, that um, known military age men with ties to the PLA have just been released into the country as a part of the asylum process. Um, I, I I think that's not getting enough attention. Um, I I think the fentanyl deaths uh, not getting enough attention. Uh, I think the the real crux of the problem for me is that uh, Secretary Mayorkas just thinks he can disregard the laws passed by Congress. And a cabinet secretary, nowhere in the Constitution does it say that they get to just pick and choose which laws they're going to enforce. And I find that as a real threat to the Constitution itself, to the foundation of our government, which is separation of powers. Um, our founders were brilliant. they they recognize that when you concentrate powers and power into the hands of of a few and in the case of a monarch one, uh, you know you get tyranny. And so they spread power out between three separate branches of government and of course between federal state and local. Uh, that 10th Amendment's pretty clear if it's not enumerated in the Constitution, it belongs to the states. So this uh, secretary has just totally disregarded the founding concept of our entire government. He's ignoring the laws passed by Congress. I don't think anyone's really talking about that. And we should be.
0: Why does it matter that countries like Egypt, Ethiopia, and Algeria are attempting to join BRICS, the economic bloc led by China? And what, what do you think needs to be done about the potential expansion of BRICS?
1: Yeah. So this is a huge threat to the United States because our currency as reserve currency allows us to do a couple of things. One, it allows us to print dollars. And uh, sell our debt. And uh, if we can't sell our debt to overseas countries because they've converted to a different currency for world trade, then uh, we can't deficit spend, which means a massive cut in spending across the board. Uh, so, very clearly, the BRICS countries coming together with an announcement, I guess it's in August, August the 26th, of the announcement of a potential BRICS. Uh, you know, sort of, uh, digital currency that would be backed by gold. Um, that is undermining the uh, economic power of the United States and the ability of our government to compete with our near peers, China and and of course Russia. Uh, Russia more strategic because of its nuclear arsenal, but um, clearly China is competing across the globe to change the the rules of the international based world order. So, um, you know we can't lose the dollar as the reserve currency the more countries that join into this brics coalition uh, the more damning it is to the dollar and thus the the stability of the united states
0: practically speaking now that sweden is on path to join nato what does that mean for global security
1: yeah i mean i when finland and sweden decided to join nato uh, that is a huge, you know, defeat for Putin from a strategic standpoint. The benefit for the United States, of course, is Finland and Norway have, uh, you know, they have, uh, not, not, Norway has the access, but those are Arctic countries. And the amazing thing about it is now seven of the countries that border are, are allied with the United States. So this, this conquest of the Arctic becomes uh, a huge win for us to have them join NATO. Uh in terms of what it means for Russia, uh, clearly, uh, the Finns have a huge border with uh, with Russia. And to have a NATO country there, uh, that uh, adds to the security of the alliance itself. And I think weakens Putin from a strategic perspective. Um, but uh, he is so far back on his heels from his failure in Ukraine. I'm not sure it's a near-term impact. It's more of a long-term impact.
0: In your opinion, what is the single greatest weakness of the U.S. military?
1: Weakness is clearly recruiting, although I think there's been some very small signs of improvement. Um, I would say the recruiting issue is our greatest challenge because our greatest strength has always been, you know, the American people, the sons and daughters who join our military and lead it. Um, So I would I would say recruiting is probably our biggest issue. But a very close second is our inability to. Uh, for the industrial complex to expand the diameter of the pipeline in a flexible, rapid way, uh, I think the issues with Ukraine and supplying the Ukrainians with military arms has shown us that we we have got to fix the diameter issue on our uh, pipeline, our our you know industrial military industrial complex.
0: Similarly, what is the single greatest strength of the U.S. military? Well, I would submit that we're still incredibly
1: strong uh, as a force, um, and so you know, I, I believe in the leadership that we have, uh, short of a couple of individuals. Um, but I'm I'm confident that we have the the best military in the world, the most capable military in the world, and uh, you know it's it's not as good as it could be, and it's not as good as it needs to be. Um, so those are those are the challenges, but the the current structure of the force is ready to go and fight,
0: and the American people should know that. What is the next generation national security threat that nobody is talking about right now?
1: That no one is talking about. <clears throat> you know, I, I I think there is AI and quantum that will significantly change. Those technologies will significantly change warfighting. Clearly, cyber. We're all pretty much aware now of. Um, of the cyber domain, but how they'll be enhanced by AI and quantum computing, we're still trying to get our heads around that. Um, you know, the, the the enemies, so to speak, are the the competitors. Uh, China. That issue with China is going to be the preeminent competition for the next 100 years. the 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 challenge that we're not talking about, though, is as much as we should is is how Advances in technology, like AI and uh, quantum computing, are going to impact that interface. Um, so, I, th- I think we need to to be out there more, um, particularly at CISA, which is in my domain. You know, the, the Cyber uh, Infrastructure Security Agency. That those guys have got to be thinking about what defending against cyber means in a quantum world. And I I think they are. There have been some statements from CISA on this and from the, uh, you know, cyber office at the White House. So uh, I but but not enough. And we need to do more.
0: Congressman Green, thank you for being here and thank you for your bluff.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.